You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Hey there, listener. Last episode, we discussed some Doctor Who comics. From that same recording session, here's the next part in which we discuss Doctor Who Big Finish audio drama. This is some classic Grolics right here because we're going to talk about Big Finish Audio. Oh, it's been a long time since we talked about Big Finish. Snap. At first, I was a little concerned, Jesse, when you sent over, I mean, when you recommend we listen to the second story. I'm glad you did because I enjoyed one of these audio drama quite a bit. Yeah. I knew you'd like the second one more than the first. Right. The first one. Because that's the one I initially thought of when we started talking about all this was actually the second one. And I was just like, oh, I should go back and get the something from the first because um, Mm. so just to like kind of set it up. Yes. The two that we're that we're listening to is it was a technophobia. Mm -hmm. That one is literally the first 10th doctor thing that we had since the 10th doctor retired, you know, it's like the first thing that we're hearing and you can tell like Matt Fitton leans into it with the way that that first thing is set up, because I'll tell you when I first listened to it and you hear that, like Donna, let's go. You know, that whole thing chills goosebumps when I first heard it, because it had been like almost a decade since we had any 10th doctor. Yeah. Maybe not a decade because we had that 50th anniversary. Special, but it had been but a while. Yeah. It'd been, since, and it'd been a long time since we had the Dr. Donna dynamic. Well, so, and yeah. I could be wrong, but is it, was it the first modern who doctor we had gotten from big finish? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, it was a big deal. Yeah. It's the 10th. We doctor had properties, Adventures. but this was the first full proper doctor that we had gotten right. with the new license agreement. Right. Yeah, this is the Tenth Doctor Adventures 1.1. And it was boring and I forgot it. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It was okay. This yeah. is another one that I would describe like like Autopia, where it's just kind of fluffy, I think. Right. Just there's not a lot there that sticks with you. Not to say like there wasn't fun there. Oh sure. Yeah. The main things I remember is that everybody was stupid and some guy that drove a train or subway, maybe one of the two was the hero. That's all I remember. <laughs> right. No, you, oh, I yeah. mean, you kind of got it. That's the main plot. And the whole flirtation <laughs> with Donna kind of thing. That was fun. Right. I don't have like a synopsis of this, but it's basically like, it starts like a technology gone wrong episode. Right. Which was interesting because Melanie and I watched this OPPD, the power, our power company, like for half a day had gone down and like, a huge chunk of the area. I don't know why. So we were without power, but I had my phone. So I was like, we're sitting here with nothing to do. There's no power. Let's listen to some doctor who. So it was interesting, I guess, listening to a, the technology gone wrong seeming episode in that context, but slight spoiler spoilers. It's not really technology gone wrong. It's people gone stupid. (laughs) Yeah. Because of technology though, although it was being used the way it was intended 
I guess. So it wasn't really wrong. It was just doing wrong things. So the big, again, spoilers, the big reveal is like the Cognoscenti, this alien race come and mm-hmm. they have this auditory or some type of signal that basically, yeah, it makes people dumb. It reverts them towards caveman levels of intelligence. And that in this story, most commonly manifests in them just being freaked out by technology. But the setup mm-hmm. is like, I mean, it's kind of on paper. It's kind of interesting. The setup is like, it's definitely playing on like the smart assistant technology thing. So you think, Oh, what's going on with the smart assistant? Is it taking over or something? It's like, no, it doesn't really mm-hmm. have anything to do with that. What was the time period for this though? It was supposed to be a couple of years in the future for okay. Donna because okay. that's, and that's all that they really gave us was that she knew it was kind of in the future. Right. Okay. Right. So it could have been present day for us, you know, more a little more advanced than present day because it's kind of like Siri, but maybe a little more like automated home kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, now it'd be chat GPT, huh? Yeah. I think the most odd thing for me about this is despite like the scale of the threat and kind of the scale they tried to portray the threat, the world felt so empty. And I get that like the streets were empty, but like it felt small. The scale of the actual story Mm -hmm. felt small. I don't know why. Maybe because there's still parts of the world that don't have technology, so it affects them not at all. That might be part of it. I don't I mean, know, though. They'd still be dumb. I mean, well, I mean, it might affect them, but it wouldn't affect them the way that it would, I'm assuming, the people that were closer to wherever it was that they were. Because they were using, weren't they using technology to, like, send out their signal or their home or whatever the hell it was? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, their initial wave of, it was like a psychic thing where it's yeah. like mm-hmm. and that's why it wasn't impacting certain people because was it bex bex mm-hmm. was uh she was out of the country for a while and she was just mm-hmm. getting back to work and then donna and the doctor obviously they were not on planet at all they were right. off doing doctor who stuff but it was interesting the way that it started even impacting them whereas like the doctor is like it's funny that with the doctor and donna that's where we get these weird like oh, this is how my physiology works and I just had to shut down some of my higher functioning and now I can get my legs to work. You know, like that that kind of stuff is just funny, um, classic Donna doctor era kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. You're right, you're right. Makes me think of a thing where he got poisoned and he was like, I'm just going to make these other enzymes to make it go away and then burp out a cloud and it's good. Yeah, exactly. And I think like to your point, Randy, about how it felt empty, I don't know what it was, but it was like, First of all, it just was in this building and it seemed like nobody was hardly there in the building. Right. And then, uh-huh. then they had said that like, there was really nobody outside either. Yeah. Like, and I, I think they had an explanation for it, but I, it's, it's eluding me what that was, but they were just like, there's nobody out here. What's going on. They had, I mean, they kind of established when they first went outside that like there was some, a little bit of pandemonium or something. People were like just getting out of their cars and running away, but you didn't really hear much of that. And then after mm-hmm. that, it was just like, people are scared. They're hiding in their homes or something. It was kind of the throwaway right. ex- explanation. And jumping out the windows away from copy machines and elevators oh, and things. Right, yeah. So this might be, this might have, this might have the dumbest death in all of Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. Like, it doesn't feel like there should have been a death resulted of this story, like, necessarily. Right. I mean, realistically, if people, like, suddenly became super dumb, yeah, sure. But, like... A guy gets freaked so freaked out by the by the vacuum cleaner, and it's clear it's just right. to even the listener. 
you know it's a vacuum cleaner and he's freaking out so it's a little comical but then i think right. one of the characters is like you're you're tangled up in the ropes or in the in the cable or whatever and yeah. <laughs> in the power cord and then you hear right. window break well he fell out the window and it's like did he seriously just kill himself because he was afraid of the vacuum cleaner? Like he fell out the window. I mean, even pets don't do that. Come on. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was, that struck me as very goofy. Catherine Tate. I'm just hitting my notes real quick. Seemed a little stiff at first. Kind of feel mm-hmm. like, I don't know. She was fine by the end of it. You're mm-hmm. right. Why don't you guys start flirting? Tenant was very tenant. He just like, tenant knows what he's doing. He just slides into it, you know. It's very bold for a species to try and name themselves after, like, awareness or whatever. And I think that that was their downfall. You need to be humble and be like, we're dirt, you know, and then (laughs) you can be okay. Oh, in the end, they just weren't. I mean, literally, they were stupid because the doctor didn't reverse the polarity, but he did something. So it only affects them. Yeah. But no, they weren't super bright. And like, like they'd show up to humans occasionally. They're the cognoscenti, right? And uh, mm. what do they say? They're like, you know nothing. It's like, you, you know that's nothing. It? You're just going to shout, yeah. you know nothing at. They, mm. They're totally pretentious, like, well, oh, we're better than you when they're not very bright. We're like, Santa, ha. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Mm. At least they, I don't think, try to act like they're smarter than anybody else no they know better they're, they're just like we don't need we don't need brains we have military might yeah exactly yeah. they know yeah. what they are cognoscenti we're potatoes uh, we're strong and sturdy <laughs> i did like the effect on the cognoscenti voices though but the better of the two i've got some notes on this one this so the second one that we did was the off of the 10th doctor adventures volume three and uh, so in the in between, they had a Billy Piper because you've got to have Rose. So yeah. volume two had Billy Piper. But back to, you know, volume three, they were like, back to our roots. We're going back to the Dr. Donna. And uh, this one that we did was uh, the first one on the third volume. And it's written by James Goss. And it's called No Place. And the synopsis is, it's haunted makeovers, the home improvement show with a spooky twist. The Noble family are hoping to cast out a few spirits along with the old bathroom suite. Presenter Justin joins Donna, Wilf, Sylvia, and the Doctor for this latest edition of his reality TV series. Of course, Justin knows that any supernatural phenomena can be faked. Ghosts can't possibly be real, can they? Right off the bat, there's two super interesting things that I'm very amused by. One is that it's essentially a found footage movie in audio drama form which is fun Mm -hmm. and two haunted makeover listen oh yeah that'd be a great show yeah max discovery plus whatever your your crap with all your (laughs) makeover shows are you combine ghost hunters ghost adventures with like one of your crap makeover shows haunted makeover i might watch that one that sounds fun yeah yeah (laughs) That's just a good concept. How's nobody stole, stolen that and made an actual show out of it? Would they straight up tell you how it's done, too? Yeah. It's like, uh-huh. listen, we get enough footage, something weird's going to happen, and we'll just ex- we'll just accentuate it. Right. Yeah, all you got to do is, like, you stretch. It's the home makeover thing where they walk through the house, and here's what we want to do, and here's this, and this, and that. And then you just combine that with ghost adventures where you just stretch that out over a night. Uh-huh. Throw some right. creepy atmosphere in there. 
It was perfect. It was good. Right. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is definitely notable because you got the Doctor and Donna, but you also have Wilf. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Sylvia, which I don't think I even yeah. realized was her name. The mom. Donna's mom. Right. Uh-huh. I didn't care for them pretending to be a married couple. It was weird and kind of gross. <laughs> and right. I sure. I wasn't that into it. I was amused by it. I, I feel like they take it farther than they would. You know what I mean? Right. Like, because they know it's going to be funny to us. But they take it farther than the characters would. And it's kind of playing on the, like, they're always like, oh, no, we're not married. Like, they're so insistent. Right. But now they have to pretend like they are. But it is still a little funny with how far they take it sometimes. <laughs> Not yeah. until you pay the love toll. See that? Right? That I was like, I don't think the doctor, I mean, unless he's really tried to make her mad, I don't think he'd take it that far. Right. But it was funny. Yeah. Kind of really along that whole thing. Well, I, I don't know. There's been crap stories before, but it seems like it was lots of fun. And that's the reason that I liked this one and remembered it. Well, plus I listened to it recently, but I like this one more than the last one because it was, is because it was fun. But it was kind of bonkers too, and I'm like, "What? This doesn't. This is all a stretch oh, yeah. and doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me." You know, in the end, I like the setup that you don't know why because it's one of those stories where you don't come in with the doctor and their companion. You come in through a third party, and it's not just the doctor there; it's the doctor. Donna and her whole and her family, like they're all there right. and they clearly know something's going on and you don't. And you're like, wait, but what, what is this? What's happening? Yeah. Cause you're so used to like arriving with the doctor and the doctor, Oh, something's going on. We need to figure this out. Whereas opposed to like, right. they're clearly up to something. This was the opposite of um, the last one in that the last one is so one note. You know, it's like, um, oh, uh, people are getting scared of technology. There's an alien force that's making that happen. Yeah. But you were also right to like know that I was going to like this one because it's essentially it's a horror story. And right. uh, yeah, and yeah, I liked it. It had good creepy atmosphere. They even had to do the found footage and, I, you know, the audio, obviously, but the found footage thing of like. You're still recording? Yes, I sh- I record everything. It's just like explaining <laughs> right. why we're yeah. still hearing this, you know? Yeah. But I th- I think that device worked pretty well. Yeah. I was slightly annoyed by their, like, this is when the audio uh, whatever's heard sounds. And I'm like, dude, you can't hear nothing there. At least if you're going to play something and, like, make there be a sound that sounds like a something, an actual word. So that that kind of annoyed me. But other than that. But I guess maybe that probably annoys me about actual ghost hunting shows, too. So there you go. <laughs> I liked Wolf in this. Wolf's always great. He's super, like, yeah. he's uh-huh. still just overly emotional, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, especially co- when you first come into the story and you don't know what's going on, and it's clear, like, like why is Wolf and Sylv? Why are they there going along with this? Yeah. And the way he's yeah. acting is kind of super creepy. Like weirdly <laughs> emotional and nostalgic, and yeah. it's like, what, are you, dude? What are you talking about? Uh-huh. <laughs> you can stop this anytime, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Surprised me how many times during the audio drama people were just like, "Ew," you know. They did that like a few times, and that that was <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. strange. There's definitely some loud parts too. It gets it gets a little intense at times. 
there are some stand, really standout ideas in terms of like creepy, since it is kind of a horror story. Creepiness. I had a hard time kind of visualizing this pit, but I also oh, don't yeah. think I understood the scope of the building they're talking about till later when they're talking about this was a, a ballroom and this was right. like, I was like, theater. Oh, yeah, this was yeah. like, this place is huge. Yeah. I was like, this ain't no just a house. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't think I quite comprehended yeah. the scale till later into the story. Yeah. Cause you think haunted remodelings, you're like, Oh, it's just, you know, a big Amityville house or something, not like right. a freaking castle. But then again, we're not in Europe. So there you go. <laughs> right. I think I just castles laying around. Right. They do. But I had a hard time kind of visualizing this like pit and like they went down and there's like a, a cellar, like a, with a jail cell or something like this, this whole thing. But, but it was cool. And anytime they went down there was kind of super creepy. I really liked when they went down there and the guy's crew all start crying. Although some of the performances were a little comical. If you actually listen to them, like, but there's like whimpering, you know, but the idea of like all these people, they just start weeping. That's creepy. Yeah, there's some pretty cool standout moments, I think, like that. James Goss writes a lot of, like, the Torchwood. And he doesn't write just Torchwood, but he has done a lot of the Torchwood audio dramas. And so it's he's pretty good at this modern Doctor Who era. Matt Fitton is, too, but Matt Fitton is much more like what you got, which is just, like, he's really good at, like, introducing a series or adding something that isn't going to be, like, the... The crux of it, but a nice little mm-hmm. like stepping stone story or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was, it makes sense that he would write the very first audio drama that would just kind of ease you into the box set. Right. Right. But I feel like this is a much stronger, like this was also the first story and I love mm-hmm. it. And yeah. I even like Sylvia, you know, and like Sylvia's whole job is to be annoying. And it's mm-hmm. it, like, she's actually so good in this one that even Donna agrees with her and yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. to the point where like Sylvia's like, wait, you do. Yeah. They do a good job of making the doctor seem super suspicious. Oh yeah. The host of that show, like the guy, he's right to be suspicious. Yeah. especially if like nobody's explaining to you anything and he's not going to believe anything anyway. Cause he's a skeptical guy. Mm. And like, no one ever questions the Sonic, but this guy was like, what is that thing? And what are you doing? <laughs> right. right. The doctor could seem real sketchy. <laughs> if you don't know him, especially if it's clear at a certain point that they're like hiding something from you or they're just acting a little weird sometimes. Well, that one scene he's like literally in the dark listening to them and just like, Tell me more. <laughs> like he, he started getting pretty creepy himself. Speaking of like characterization, the doctor is good. He's you actually, I feel like don't get as much time with him as you do anyone else in a way. Uh, There's a lot of characters in this one comparatively. Right. So, yeah. Right. And it's fine. It's fine. It kind of makes the main characters distrust of him make more sense too. Because I think you can only hang around the doctor too, for so long before he's going to start over-explaining everything to you, you know? He's that kind of mm-hmm. right, yeah. guy. But yeah, I like Sylvia in this too. I think she was well-used for her right. her character is well-used and appropriate. Mm-hmm. Also, what are spaghetti hoops? Are those SpaghettiOs? That's SpaghettiOs, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The whole thing with the like slime that they'd sometimes see yeah. uh, sounded mm-hmm. disgusting. Always ruined their food. Well, to be fair, if I were 
some passed on entity that was, you know, had a horrible ending, I'd ruin everybody's food too. <laughs> and maybe a few other things. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Overall on this one, I like this one a lot. It was fun to listen to. It was intriguing. It was interesting. This definitely more so than the other one. I could see myself revisiting in the future. Just be like, yeah, hey, come oh, on, yes. listen to yeah. that. That was a fun experience. Mm-hmm. That said, once they explain things, it's nonsense. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. in my sure. opinion, it's total nonsense. It's like, wait, what? And it's been yeah. living in his head, and now he's causing creepy things to happen just because what yeah. they're like they were like i don't know how to end this let's shove three movies into one and make that the ending <laughs> right well it's like well we got it's doctor who so it, it's not i mean not that the doctor who hasn't done a ghost thing but it's not a ghost it's got to be alien something psychic right. psychic energy that's what i also wanted to know is like did they get footage of anything then like if this was all psychic manifestations mm-hmm. then did anything actually was anything actually visible i suppose some of the telekinetic stuff would be but yeah. like the goo that wasn't even there mm-hmm. right right maybe not the goo but for sure the like weird basement thingy or whatever it was sure would have been and then i was very confused when they were in that one musical room or whatever then there was like stuff going on on the chalkboard and some other things happening they're like did you see that no i didn't see it i'm like okay but did the camera see any of it i wasn't really sure what right. the situation was there the doctor had a great line because they mentioned flip chairs a couple times. So I'm assuming there was like chalk writing and then all the chairs started flipping. So you, you hear a bunch of like kind of oh, banging and stuff. Oh yes. Yeah. I know what line you're talking about. Yeah. And I, I can't remember exactly, but he, he says something, he runs in and he says something about like, what'd you do to anger these chairs or something like that? And I was like, that's such <laughs> yes. a good line. That was so good. Yeah. Yeah. So they set this up. The doctor bought this property apparently. I mean, it makes sense. He, he's probably got, sure. he, he, doctor can get money. Yeah, he never has he money. He better be rich, man. Come on. Right. So he bought this property based on I don't based on what? Because so he's seen the he show. He saw the show. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, yeah. there's definitely more weird stuff going on than should be. Something's up with this guy specifically. Well, I don't think it was him as much as it was like Wilf and um maybe Donna pressured him about it. Because right. wasn't he the one that was like, I remember this guy and now he's doing this ghost show and he's sad or something. I think that was oh, the reasoning yeah. behind it, right? Also, then this guy didn't remember. Did he not have any memory of his no. apparent of being there for years? Oh. They did. They did mention when they first talked about him that he had am, he was in a hospital and had amnesia and didn't know what had transpired oh. or something. But I would have figured by now he would have figured it out. You'd think, or they at least they would have told him. Okay. Weird. Yeah, that seemed weird to me. Where I was like, wait, what? Why would the guy agree to go to this place for the and do the show if he had like Right. And you would think being there would even if he somehow didn't have recollection, you think being there would have triggered it. But And uh, they kept yeah. talking about the things that would have that would have maybe triggered that memory, you know, like right. uh yeah. Sylvia would talk about how she forced Donna to come do piano lessons or whatever there or or maybe it was donna who was telling the story and uh wilf would always talk about the garden and the bulbs these bulbs are under here yeah you know what yeah i bet i imagine on a on a re-listen a lot of their kind of weird behavior when you know because 
it's a good chunk for me. It was a good chunk of the story before I was like, I mean, obviously there, there's a lot of focus on this guy and they're being right. weird. Yeah. And so there's something with the guy, the specifics I wouldn't have necessarily guessed, but it becomes clear. It's about the guy. And they even talk about, you know, kind of cryptically talk about like, this is taking too long. It's, it's just kind of being cruel now and blah, blah, blah. Right. But some of the, like the earlier in the story, weird behavior, like, yeah, like Wilf, like it's even in this review, I was talking about how Wilf seems kind of creepy in it. Weird. But I think on a realist and you're like, oh, he's just like in his Wilf way trying to like, not so gently like, "Eh, Hey, Hey, you know, right. Nudge things along. It just seems weird. It would seem weird to the guy, I guess too. Well, maybe it's not as weird and plot holy as I thought, but even when I thought it was weird and plot holy, I still really enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. This was my favorite of the four things we did for this. I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, this is the one that I, I have revisited this one and it was just as fun the second time around. So yep, this is the one. Right. Does their behavior seem like, I mean, going, I, it's gotta be a very different kind of experience knowing going into it, especially the the first half or so. To be honest, it's been a while since I listened right, to this. Right. Like I listened to it when I first got it. I'm kind of re-experiencing that, but it does, it does start to like tie that all back together a little bit better on the second listen even with as much time. Right. I'm a sucker for good, creepy doctor who audio drama because I think audio drama really works. I think it's great for creepy stories and it also works for weird time loopy stuff. It's really good. Oh yeah. And like small ensemble cast in Mm -hmm. a limited location like this. Cause it makes me think of like, the best Doctor Who audio drama. I was going to say, that also you know, crossed my mind as I'm listening to it. It's like, hey, it's all about a kind of a creepy old house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chimes of Midnight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think those kind of stories work exceptionally well in audio medium. Okay. Great. That was, that was good fun. I love, I know we've talked about this before, but the big finish format of it's just like the TV show. It starts with sometimes it starts with a little like a cold open. Like in this case, it was mm-hmm. like a promo for the show or whatever. Yeah, yes. And then you get the the doctor appropriate. It's always the theme from that era too. So yeah. good. And then you get the whole story. You don't. Well, I mean, I, they'd probably don't worry about commercial breaks over there, but you don't have to worry about commercial breaks. And then it's over, and you get the the theme song outro. It's so good. It's just perfect. Yeah, I really like mm-hmm. that. Let's return to the show for the next installment. And it'll be the introduction of one river song, the best river song story, I think. Oh, I yeah, agree. Yeah. Is river song in totality sucks. <laughs> yes. And I love the venom. <laughs> they blew it all in the intro. They're just like, oh, that's an interesting concept. And then you try to see them play it out. And it's like, oh, no, not so yep. good in practice. Yep. Yep. Muffet. All right. Well, hey. Grolic's podcast listeners of the audio feed. Thanks for listening. Trying to get more episodes out for you on the audio feed. I hope you're enjoying it. I've been enjoying putting them together. So it's nice. A little reinvigoration. If you want to hear more, go to grolicspodcast.com. Also, we live stream this. You should be there at the live stream. We live stream just about every Thursday evening. So hit us up on YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook. Slash Grolic's podcast. Grolic's. Watch it, Spaceman.
Well, nobody's Grolix. I'm just burning to Grolix, you baby. Thank you for listening to the Grolix Podcast. The Grolix Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vorpal Arrow Studios. For more Grolix Podcast, visit GrolixPodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast, or follow us on Twitter at Podcast. We're also everywhere, all the time, all at once. Natural spoo. <laughs> spoo. It sounds Rollicks. like it's bad, but it's it's just spoo. <laughs>